as a mariner, it's not uncommon to work only six months a year and then to have six months at home. So what does that mean for someone? What does that look like? Today, you and I are going to hear from a second mate in the U.S. Merchant Marine, Corinne Marshall. She's going to share what her life is like sailing the globe as second mates and how she fills up some of her off time. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is an online organization and resource center supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Today on the Women Offshore podcast, I'd like to introduce to you second mate Corinne Marshall. She's a graduate of Texas A&M in Galveston and a member of the International Organization of Masters, Mates, and Pilots, also known as MMMP. Since graduating in 2014 from Texas A&M Galveston, Corinne has sailed all over the world on various vessels. Currently, she sails as second mate on a car carrier that transits the globe. She has career aspirations to be a chief mate pretty soon and looks forward to sailing as captain one day. Corinne not only will share today with us her career as second mate, but also how she fills up her off time. As a mariner in the Merchant Marine, she only works about six months a year. She has a lot of time to fill up. I can't wait to hear how she does it. So, welcome to the podcast, Corinne. Well, thank you, Allie. It's so great to be here. I'm actually really excited to be on the podcast. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Tell us about your career and how you got started in the maritime industry. Okay, so I'm a Texas A&M Maritime graduate. I graduated in 2014. I've sailed on car carriers and container ships. I'm in the International Organization of Masters, Mates, and Pilots, currently sailing as second mate. I had no background of the maritime industry, the offshore industry, anything. I didn't even know what it was when I started. I just knew I didn't really want to sit in an office. No offense to anybody doing that. My dad knew someone whose son was trying it out. He pitched the idea. I started down there at uh, Texas Maritime, and I pretty much fell in love with it from the very beginning, and here I am, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Good. That's a good story. Can you share with us as second mate, what are your responsibilities? What does your job look like to someone who maybe is just starting out or doesn't even really know much about the maritime industry. Yeah, of course. Second mate, I'm usually on most ships. It's the noon to 1600 and then midnight to 0400 watch. And then overtime includes like all navigation. So route planning, uh, the voyage planning, all the bridge equipment is pretty much my responsibility to keep updated, running properly, any routes and whatever electronics are up there that require them. And that's pretty much the extent of it. Cargo, also, you know, all the mates are in charge of a certain cargo watch. But uh, that's the main thing with the second mates. Yeah, I think when I connected with you, it was a couple years ago. And you were at sea. And I sent you a message. I found out that story from you the other day, what you were thinking when I messaged you. Could you share that? with everyone so yeah i was at sea and honestly before this whole women offshore page like i did have a very naive view of things going on in the industry just because things didn't personally happen to me that bad but i've had my eyes open big time but so before any of that 
I, I had a message. I can't even remember if it was your regular account or the woman offshore account. I'm not positive, but it was like kind of short and it was like, Hey, <laughs> it was like, hello. <laughs> and you're like, um, ask if you could like talk to me about what I was doing. And I honestly thought you were just like a Kings point cadet from somewhere just like reaching out, which was fine. I was going to answer any questions you wanted to know. And then you started telling me about, you know, your career. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is definitely more than no offense to cadets, more than a cadet. <laughs> like this is somebody who's like definitely in the career. And then I got super intrigued, check out the website. And I thought the website was such a different aspect of some of the other stuff I thought for like women that were out there. I just, I liked everything. I liked how the page was molded together was put together thank you it's been fun getting to know you and sharing your career with some cadets out there and i i love watching your career grow i think you were a third mate back then when i did the interview or maybe you just started a second mate first it was my first second mate job okay yeah that's right and look at you now you're a seasoned second mate and you have aspirations to be chief mate shortly and I, I'm really excited to see where your career heads and to call you Captain Corinne at some point in the near future. Could you share where you've been? Because I know on the vessels you've worked on, they go all over the world. What are some of the countries you've been to? I have been all over the world. Um, Australia, Philippines, Thailand, Japan, Singapore, Lithuania, Poland, Riga, Several countries in the Middle East, uh, Jabali, Abu Dhabi, Pakistan, Kuwait, several countries in Northern Europe, Bremerhaven, Antwerp, Rotterdam, um, then to Durban, South Africa. And I think that's, I think I might have hit all of them there. Some more Middle East ones just sprinkled in there. Wow. You've had quite the career and you only work six months a year, right? Like that's it. Yep. What do you do during your off time? You have six months to do whatever you want. So, so what does that look like? It's not always six months in bulk. I've been doing four months on four months off, but you know, at the end of the day, it's six months off a year, you know, down here in the South, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm big into you hang out with family, friends. I try to travel a lot on my off time and I'm a, I'm a hunter so shout out to vegans out there but I'm, I'm definitely an advocate hunter and then I've I've kind of always been on the hunt for some sort of like side hustle something to do on the side and I actually have just started this uh I have a crawfish reviewing page of Instagram right now the name is crawdaddy gang and I have a Facebook page as well and I've uh, actually started just going to different crawfish places around in the greater Houston area and giving them reviews and it's kind of starting to take off and I'm really excited about where it's about to go. Yeah, that's neat. I've seen some of your videos. You're very into it and I'm from Seattle. So crawfish to me has been something I'm not too sure about. For someone who is like me and is a little hesitant about just diving in deep to a, a plate of crawfish, how can you describe it to them to maybe entice them to try it out? So if you're a fan of Creole food, good Louisiana-style Cajun food, this is the staple, I think, that represents Louisiana cuisine, this Gulf Coast cuisine that we have, spicy flavors, good seasonings. For me, though, what entices me about crawfish is it's gotten so popular and all these restaurants want to 
do it now, but it all started with crawfish boils for me. My dad has done a crawfish boil every single year. His dad did crawfish boils. He's from Louisiana. And to me, the idea of a boil is all your friends, all your family, everybody's coming together. And it's that time with each other. That's time you're spending with each other. That's to me what makes crawfish season so great. Like, yeah, you can get your craving going to a restaurant, sitting down at a restaurant. That's all great. But to me, if you've never been able to experience going to a crawfish boil, reach out, find some friends that do crawfish boils and go. It's such a good time for everybody involved. I love that. I love this idea of just getting together as a family or a group of friends and enjoying a meal that you love and and spending that quality time. So I could get behind that. That sounds good and a lot of fun. So as your love of crawfish goes online and people want to hear more about what crawfish is and see your reviews, where is this movement that you're building going? I've seen pages where people are reviewing different types of foods. To me, I was every time crawfish season comes around, these prices keep going up and up. And it's just insane because, for example, I went to a place today, like $8.99 a pound, and market prices for live crawfish in prime time in April usually sit below $3. And so, I mean, just think about the profit off of that. And doing crawfish boils, I know how much it costs to do one, and I just know how much these places are profiting off of it because people are willing to spend it. So for me, I always, like, every time season comes around and I can't find a crawfish boil this weekend and I want to go somewhere, I always want to know the prices and how they are. And if there was a page that just could tell me all this and somebody who knows what they're talking about with crawfish is telling me about it and if they're good and if they're worth paying that much overpriced for it, then I would be all about it. So I was like, hey, I'll do it then. This can be me. Good. Well, I'm excited to see what you build and continue to follow it. Let's wrap this up and talk about your career a little bit more. Looking back at the last five years on the water, what advice do you have for someone who is just starting out in the industry? The mentoring thing. I think having somebody that you can confide in in the industry that has been there, gone through it, done it, um, faced some challenges, and you can talk to to them, I think is huge. I've mentioned before with other ladies that I, I'm guilty of saying it, like, oh, you just go out there and work hard. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I was That was ingrained in my head all through the academy, and it's definitely true to an extent, in my opinion. Of course, you should work hard. That's what we're out here to do, but that doesn't mean it's going to be all you know, fine and dandy once you're out there just because you're working hard. I've definitely seen that that is not the case. You hard as you want, and it doesn't necessarily work out very well. So I think just huge is mentoring, having that person to talk to and knowing that you have a voice. Even as a cadet, you have a voice. I feel like I've seen that the most cadets feel intimidated because they're just a cadet and they're not a full-time employee with this company or they don't have that much time under their belt. So some of these cadets absorb the negative experiences and um, they don't speak up. You always have a voice. There's always somebody to call. Women Offshore page. Um, I've had my own issues and I reached out here to you, Allie, and you extremely helped me out. And you gave me people to call, things to do. And I think that's huge to know that this this is here and this is there to help um, anybody joining the industry. Uh, thank you, Corinne. I really appreciate that feedback and 
the shout out, of course, to our mentoring program. And it's it's grown a lot. And I appreciate that you're there as a mentor. I know you mentor a few women in the program and they appreciate you. So thank you very much for being a part of this and for being a part of Women Offshore. Well, thank you, Allie, for everything you're doing. I mean, talk about making waves in this industry right now. So thank you for being you. (laughs) Cheering up. Well, thanks, Corinne, for coming on the Women Offshore podcast. And thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Women Offshore podcast. This was episode 14. We have our conference coming up July 12th through the 13th. Some highlights are going to be Susan Dio, President and Chairman of BP Americas. She's going to be our opening keynote speaker. We're also going to have a whole panel about men advocating for change in the maritime and offshore energy industries. What are they doing? How are they supporting diversity and inclusion? I hope you can join us at Rice University July 12th and the 13th for our conference. Use the code PODCAST when you sign up. You'll get 10% off registration. Next time on the Women Offshore Podcast, I'm going to record from the United States Merchant Marine Academy. So until next time, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.